It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With the news of the early edition of Elliot Cadeau, North Carolina projects to have a bit of an undersized starting backcourt next year. Just how big of a competitive disadvantage is that going to be? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, June 1st. 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me today on a Thursday, yeah, you didn't have your calendar wrong, is our guy, Coach Pack Kilby. Always great to have him here with us, and especially today as we're still in the early days of unpacking truly what it means to have Elliot Cadeau as part of this year's roster. And as a coach, obviously he's going to have a lot of great insights for us into that. We also want to talk today about Marcus Page's influence on this backcourt, which has a lot of personnel in it. We want to talk about, uh, we, we got some news on the incoming transfers as well as the beginning of the football schedule. So we'll hit all of that today. But first, right out of the gate, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So Pack. Always fun when we get some good personnel news in the offseason, gives us some fun stuff to get to talk about. And obviously, I, I've talked some about Elliot Cadeau on yesterday's show. All the everydayers already know that. But um, for those who are just tuning in, maybe weren't with us yesterday, or maybe it's their first time, if so, welcome. Pack, I'd love to get your reaction to Elliot Cadeau's decision officially to reclassify to the class of 2023 and move right on into this roster for this season? Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because I think pretty much all of us have been anticipating this for quite some time. So my reaction wasn't really like a overjoyed, <laughs> and I am thrilled that we got him. It was more of like a, all right, finally, what yeah. we knew was going to happen happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, almost so, more relief than anything else. Exactly. Yes. More of a relief. So um, that was kind of my initial reaction. And then the more I really think about it and, and sit on it, I, I really think this is a good thing for Carolina. You know, it, it frees up RJ to score and we know that he can do that at a pretty high clip. Um, just gives us, it solidifies to me that we're going to have spacing for Armando um, and I know that it raises some concerns, you know, is there going to be a height issue? Are we going to be outmanned as far as size goes by our opponents? And those are some valid concerns. And I know, <clears throat> I know we'll get into that some more, but, you know, overall, I think this is a win for Carolina. I think this is a first true pass passing uh, point guard that we've had since probably since Kendall Marshall. You know, he fits more of that Raymond Felton, Kendall Marshall mold. Ed Coda. I want to get that name in. Ed Coda, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You said in the midst of talking about that, it allows RJ to be more of a, uh, not facilitator, excuse me, that's the exact opposite of what I'm going to ask you. More of a score, more shooting, uh, 
my anticipation, we've talked about it, is that Cadeau comes in and is the starting point guard, the one which then pushes RJ to the two. Is there any world in which you think, obviously there will be times when RJ's on the court and Elliot isn't, but when they're both on the court, do you expect that the expectation will be, hey, Elliot, you're the point guard, your team, go. RJ, you're the team, you're the shooting guard, go. Is that your expectation? Absolutely it is, yeah. I think, you know, all the telltale signs point that way. You know, for one, what we've seen Cadeau do so far and be so successful at is exactly what you just said. He's the one, he's the facilitator, he's he's passed first, and he, he wants to play that way. I think that's truly his game, and he embodies that. We need that. Um, but then I think, I don't think he would be coming to Carolina to do something he wasn't comfortable doing Mm. because let's be honest, he's, he's coming to Carolina and he's going to the NBA. I mean, he's that caliber of a player. Um, and so I think he wants to play to his strong suits and I think that that's being a point guard. And I think that's where we'll see him play, you know, and then you look at RJ and how that just frees him up, um, when you, when you backtrack a little bit, you know, we were all excited when we finally moved RJ to the point permanently. So that would free Caleb Love up, you know, and it, it just felt like there was no consistency. Yeah. Now we have a true pass first point guard <laughs> and we're freeing up RJ Davis. And so, and I feel really good about that. I like, I would like to see him be a major focal point of our offense because I think he is a very good scorer. Um, and and with a healthy finger, you know that we've talked about in the past. When, when he's <laughs> Darn index healthy. finger! Yeah, I think he's going to be a, just a dynamite scorer for us. So it's it's all around good offensively for the Tar Heels. Well, I mean, goodness, if I'm Elliot Cadeau and I'm running up court and I see RJ to one side of me on the wing and I see Cormac Ryan to the other side of me on the wing, I see Armando running up ahead down to the post, and then Harrison Ingram floating wherever he needs to be. If I'm Elliot Cadeau, I smile because I know it's about to be a good day, right? Um, but I, I want to go backpack to what you said. Backpack, nice shoulder straps. Um, <laughs> one of the things you have hammered home on this show is a big part of the issue last year with North Carolina was the lack of role definition, whether that was minutes for guys off the bench, when they were coming off the bench, what, whatever it is. Even when there was that um, definition of, hey, RJ, you're the guy, Caleb, play off the ball. It never felt like that was a reality, right? Like, it always felt like there was still this tug of war of whose team is this to run, to be the initiator of the offense. Do you anticipate that because of the specific skill set of Elliot Cadeau, that we will get more of that role definition now that can really help this team take the next step? I do, yeah, I do. And, and not just... Cadeau, but I mean, I think it's pretty clearly defined why all of these or the majority of these transfers were brought in. You know, I look at Cormac and I go, okay, I know his role. He's going to, he's going to shoot the ball for us. He's going to stretch the floor. He's going to space it. Cadeau's going to run the show. Um, Harrison Ingram's going to be a playmaker. That's what he does. He can score. He can facilitate. He can rebound. He's kind of a, a hybrid in a sense. So, I just look at this team and I feel that offensively, at least our roles are a lot more defined. Mm. And I even look at the bench and go, although we have um, maybe an overloaded backcourt to a, 
to an extent. Um, I still feel comfortable about role definition being more clearly defined for them too. Uh, just that with the way the roster's set up. Yeah. Well, and one of the good things with having an overloaded backcourt is that you've got a guy coming in to be the new director of player personnel in Marcus Page who knows a thing or two about how to operate in the backcourt. So I want us to have a conversation about what exactly is his impact going to be on that backcourt next season. Pack and I are going to talk about that in just a second. But first, friends, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I love betting with FanDuel because they have great promotions literally every day. Their app, it's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than at America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Pack, what do you think? Nuggets or heat? feels like the nuggets are a train man they're just going yeah i think i think that the nuggets are truly the best team since kd and steph um went and won themselves a ring so i'm, I'm gonna go with the nuggets and i'm gonna say i was thinking nuggets and five but out of respect for eric spolstra and the <laughs> job that he does i'll say nuggets at six all right i'm going five that's that's where my head's been at nuggets in five bring it home for denver and uh Love to see that. Okay, Pat, let's talk Marcus Page influence. We know that of the 11 scholarship players currently on the roster, at least six of them we think of as guards or maybe small wings. And so that would be RJ Davis, Simeon Wilcher, Elliot Cadeau, Seth Trimble, Paxson Wojcik, and Cormac Ryan. That's six of those 11. Marcus Page comes in, can't be an is not an official assistant coach, so can't be on the bench giving out advice during games. But boy, he's going to be around this. Pro- I mean, you think of all the influence Jackie Manuel has had the past couple of years, particularly on somebody like a Leaky Black, which has been so well documented. Pack just at the big picture level, right out of the gate, what sort of influence do you think Marcus Page can have? And you, you think about Marcus Page, who's, who expected to come in behind Kendall Marshall and be playing mm-hmm. after him. When instead, Kendall Marshall left after his sophomore year, Marcus was thrust into service his freshman year. What kind of impact can that experience and everything else he did as a Tar Heel have as he helps guide and direct these young men? Well, I think it's going to be a major impact. You know, he's such an important uh, piece to what we do because even though he's not an on-court assistant 
or in-game assistant. He's the director of player development. So whatever they're doing in player development is going to flow directly into the way that we play. And so that in itself is huge. But just and the I, fact- I said player personnel, and you correct you correctly just said his job title, uh, player development. Excuse me. Keep going. Marcus is going to be able to provide you know a lot of different things. You know, just as the fact that he played overseas and he got some of those concepts. Uh, the fact that he's played in a crowded backcourt before, and he kind of shared some guard duties with between him and uh, Joel Berry. So that you know he's experienced in that and. He's going to be able to provide a lot of depth or a lot of um, leadership for the depth that we have, and he's going to be able to point them in the right the right direction um, as far as how to handle those things, uh, how to grow as a player, how to play together, how to develop that um, cohesiveness, you know. And so I think that just having him there is a win for Carolina in in the sense that he knows how we do things, he knows how we operate. Uh, but he also is going to bring kind of a new age to it hmm. and really help those guys succeed in their roles. You, you talked about his experience playing in kind of a crowded backcourt um, with, you know, I mean, we, we just talked about it a second ago with trying, like, it just felt like there was never enough definition with the Caleb RJ backcourt. What, what can he bring to help these guys understand the necessity of, um, how to make that happen and how to complement one another rather than um, like kind of fighting against each other. Like what, what did he uh, and Joel do so well? Like eventually the younger Joel coming in, allowing Marcus to move off ball, kind of like what we expect to happen that this year, what will that experience do to help? Well, I think just the fact that he can speak to, um taking maybe a sense of I don't know if pride is the right word uh, but you've got to kind of lay that down a little bit and you've got to be willing to look at what's best for the team and Marcus and Joel Berry I think they did that really well you know I think Marcus just kind of seamlessly slid into that two role Barry came came into the one and without sacrificing how they played, they learn to play together, you know? And so I think Marcus just being able to attest to that and verbalize to those guys, if you will just trust what we're teaching you and what we're trying to get you to do, this is going to be for your benefit and for the benefit of the team. I think that that's going to help. But I also think, you know, he can provide some of that, like, um, well, just in the, in the player development role, he can provide, you know, skill sets for them to learn how to play together. Because at the end of the day, it's it may not necessarily be that egos in the way. It may just be that they need repetition together and they yeah. need to play together to figure each other out. And that will be a big key to that, too. And I know that I, I at least I feel confident that Marcus will address those things. They'll get plenty of reps together and that they're going to, you know, just coincide really well. Yeah. What about how how he can help the mindset of guys like Seth Trimble and Simeon Wilcher, who we project to come off the bench? I know that was never what Marcus experienced at North Carolina, despite expecting to experience that. As we said earlier, he was coming in expecting to be behind Kendall Marshall for at least a year. Like even him having had that mindset, what, what can he help guys like Trimble and Wilcher do to 
you know, like Simeon Wiltshire comes in, somebody who probably has never come off the bench in his life. And we kind of expect him to this year. How can Marcus help them understand some of those team concepts you're talking about and how like you sit, you watch the game, you figure out what's happening so that when you come in, maybe you and Seth come in as a backcourt together and then just dominate as the second unit. Well, you know, one of the things I'll just start with this, and this is more from a coach's perspective and I'm sure yeah. Marcus and, and actually the staff will be preaching this. The, the most important thing a player like that can do for himself or not like that, but like, like Seth or like Simeon, the best thing they can do for themselves is to be great practice players. Hmm. You know, if you prove it in practice, if you, prove it in your skill development sessions, there's nothing that will keep them from playing you. So that has to be the mentality. You've got to treat each practice with the same seriousness that you would approach a game, or maybe even more, more importance. I mean, they're, they're truly that, that important. And so, um, and a lot of times, Isaac, what you'll see is like players, like you mentioned, Simeon that has never came off the bench in his life. They have taken for granted and I'm not saying he has. I'm just using this as an example. They sometimes take for granted practice hmm. because they're automatically better than everybody else that they're playing with or against. And at this level, it becomes very important. So they've got to value those things. And I'm sure the staff will be teaching them those things. And, um, you know, that will kind of help that mindset of, hey, approach going to work every day and giving yourself a chance to, to create a role on the team and um, earn the trust of the coaching staff, essentially. Yeah, man. And, and I think about, you know, you, you factor all that into what we've talked so much about of, of Coach Davis's use or lack thereof of the bench these first couple of years of his tenure. Like if, if Seth and Simeon and, and other guys that are probably coming off the bench can really work at earning that. I mean, Coach Davis says all the time, it's practice where you earn your minutes in the game. And so very much to your great point there, it's like, guys, we have to develop a bench this year. And the way we can do that is by you proving yourself in practice day in and day out. Don't take a second off. Force my hand as the head coach of this team. Force me to put you on the court in a game by how you play in practice. I think those are great points, Pac. Completely agree with you there. Now, one of the question marks for North Carolina, you brought it up earlier, Pac, is the potential lack of size with what we see as the probable starting lineup. I think there's other people that are recognizing it as well. In fact, we got a YouTube question that's going to help spur our conversation in our unpacking it segment, what we always love to have in our segments wrapping up with Coach Pat Kilby. We'll have that conversation in just a second. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Okay, Pac, as we expect, the starting lineup next year for North Carolina, at least right now, tell me if you feel different, to be Elliot Cadeau, R.J. Davis, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, and Armando Baycott. Any reason right now 
that you think in the last or the first day of June that the starting lineup won't be that in a simple answer? No, I agree with you hundred percent. Okay. If that's true, let me read to you this uh, comment from CS Hunley on YouTube from yesterday says this, I love Elliot Cadeau and RJ, but we will be six foot tall at the guard positions. Last year, I watched number 11 for Pitt. That's Jamarius Burton, by the way, hit three three pointers in a row over RJ at the dome and put the revenge game out of reach for us. So I'm hoping Isaac and Pack get specific Thursday about how UNC handles this challenge. Well, good news, C.S. Hunley, because today's Unpacking It segment is Coach Pat Kilby getting very specific about the challenge of how North Carolina can go about overcoming having a starting backcourt of six foot zero RJ Davis and six foot one or two Elliot Cadeau. Pack, let me open it up, unleash you to unpack it for us. Okay. Well, you know, first let me set the stage. Um, the concerns for me are not offensively. I'm not concerned literally at all with our offense. In a word, just a very brief word, say why not, and then go to the defense. Well, I just think, you know, just being smaller, I think that we present some challenges to guard in the first place. We finally got the floor spacing that we want. We still got Armando anchoring the center, you know, of the offense. And so – um, I just feel comfortable. We'll we'll be tough to stop. Love My it. concern is, can we get stops defensively? And when we do force stops, can we rebound the basketball? Okay, love the, it. Those are those are my concerns. And so, um, obviously, I think everyone is kind of their concerns are heightened, you know, based on the size of our team and what we'll be putting on the court. Um, so, what I want to look at is kind of what we've done in the past. This past year and, and in most recent years, as long as Leakey's kind of been on the team, honestly, <laughs> we've we've made our defense very matchup dependent. And it's been dependent starting on Leakey. Okay, who is Leakey going to guard? Who is he going to shut down? And then we match up based off of that. And to me, that's if we take that same approach and we move forward with that, then we're going to run into some issues, just to be honest with you. Um and I would like to kind of pivot that and, you know, present to you like a, a different mentality, a different scheme for us defensively that I think would be more beneficial and how I think we could thrive. Um, so as a coach, you know, like my mindset would be, and hopefully I'm sure Hubert Davis is, is the same way, you've got to look at what the weaknesses are and see how you can turn them into strengths um, or at least non-weaknesses. And to me – you kind of you you don't have to to rewrite the book. You just need to take a step back and look at okay, what are teams that have had success that have been similar builds in the past, and what did they do? Well, you don't have to look that far back. You can look at 2021 Baylor Bears that started the three guard lineup. They were six one, six three, and six four, and won the national championship. <laughs> so, and that's really, I mean, if you look at one through three for us, or at least projected one through three of RJ, Elliot Cadeau, and Cormac Ryan, that's just about equal in height, you know. So, um, and when I look at their scheme and what Baylor did, it was a lot less matchup dependent and more scheme dependent. And their scheme was take away the middle, yep. force sideline, force baseline, force, you know, contested shots. And then they, 
they were all because of the way their scheme was set up, they were all in good position to rebound the basketball. And, you know, a lot of this that Baylor did when I go back and look at them and see what I think we could do, man, it was predicated on three guards and they ball pressured. They ball mm. pressured. And I, I look at Carolina's roster and I go, okay, Elliot Cadub, RJ Davis, Seth Trimble, Simeon Wilcher. If you look at that, I mean, I feel very confident we could apply great ball pressure, you know, and um, kind of push people out of what they do, push them sideline, push them baseline, and give ourselves a chance to really play more to a scheme and less to matchups. Mm-hmm. And when we have a scheme and we have rotations on point and everyone has a job and they're doing their job, then we have a chance to be successful. And so I think when you look at that and you look at the makeup of our team and you look at how Baylor kind of turned – you know, their potential weakness into a strength. I think we have to do something similar. And I think that that route would benefit us the most. Yeah. And, and one, here's the other thing. I mean, we're talking about this. You look at the rest of things like Seth is six, three, Simeon six, four. So, I mean, once you get past Cadeau and RJ, it's really not a concern. And in fact, it, it might be overblown because if your scheme can do everything that you're talking about, you need it to do, you're in great shape. Here's the question pack. Do you think the coaching staff will do something like this? Um, no, honestly, uh, I don't. Um, the only reason I say that is they've not given me any indication that they're willing to change what they believe in now. Mm. Um, and we, you know, you just, I look at the tendencies, you know, that I thought yeah. we would have more of a depth, more, of at least an effort to have depth this year. And we really did. And so I'm kind of, as of now, I'm going to say, no, I don't expect them to make that change. Um, it's a change I feel like that I would make personally. Okay. But, that makes sense. but you know, I, I just don't have faith that they will. Yeah. But man, if they did, I'm, it just, it just seems to make sense is like, how can you take this talented roster that you have and make it work best for you based on the personnel? Not, not so much based on what you think you you know, do best as a program or like, let's make the tweaks and adjustments we need to, to be highly successful. And I'm, I mean, I I'm with you. I lean towards them probably not making those broad sweeping changes enough, but gosh, I'd love to see it. So, you know, for years it was high school basketball was more of a, you have to adapt to what you have. If you think you can just run the same system in high school basketball every year, I mean, maybe you can, but you probably won't be successful with it because you don't get to pick your kids, you know. And, and in college, yeah. college, it was always you can recruit to your system. We saw Roy do it for years. Yeah. But now that's changing because the transfer portal and all, you know, you just don't know what your roster is going to look like from year to year. So you have to be able to adapt to the roster that you have. Yeah. And, you know, I say I'm not confident in the staff doing this. But this is now truly Hubert Davis's roster. You know, so although I'm not confident he'll change it, maybe he'll prove me wrong because this is his first roster and maybe he will make some changes that he's been wanting to make and he'll feel comfortable to do so now. Yeah. 
Yeah, we will certainly find out. I mean, we've got, it's now June, July, August, September, October, November. We're at less than six months, Pack, five months away till tip off and we are getting there. And as part of that news, very specifically, we know that all four of those transfers are officially part of the North Carolina roster because on Wednesday, the Tar Heels announced the signing of all four incoming transfers. That's Paxson Wojcik from Brown, Jalen Withers from Louisville, Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame, and Harrison Ingram from Stanford. So now there's no potential Caleb Love at Michigan situation going on here. The Tar Heels will have all four of their commits that they have signed out of the portal. By the way, really quick before we say goodbye, we have now the times and TV schedule for the first three football games of the season. So, Pac, let me rattle those off real quick, and then we'll get out of here. First game of the season, you probably know it's South Carolina. That's going to be 7.30 Eastern on ABC on September 2nd. So getting some prime time love there in week one. Really excited for that matchup. Week two, App State, 5.15, interesting kick time on ACC Network, that's September 9th, and then Game 3, Minnesota, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN or ESPN2 on September 16th. Pack, what do you think? 2-1, and 3-0, and 1-2, and two, what's that? How, how are they going to start those three games? Where is that Minnesota game at? You know, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, real quick, let me get there. Sorry, standby. I know this is great TV. It is in Chapel Hill. So, uh, Charlotte, neutral game for, for South Carolina, hosting App State, hosting Minnesota. 3-0, mm, and oh, baby. I love it. Why not? Let's get after it. Drake May's final year is not going to be Sam Howell's final year. You heard it here, and you can take it to the bank. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, for those of you that tune in every day, you don't want to miss tomorrow's show either. Riley Davis is going to be with us. You know he always brings great content. Folks, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow Pac on Twitter at Coach underscore K. 23 or me at Isaac Shade. Also, if you want to have a more in-depth conversation, email the show lockedontarheels at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave comments on your thoughts on how Carolina can combat this per- perhaps uh, short disadvantage that they've got. Want to remind you, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you tomorrow, but until then... Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.